You're listening to Powerhouse Players, sitting down with the best and the brightest in building and shelter solutions. Brought to you by Tracti. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm your host, Sean Heath. Construction sites are really interesting places, especially for someone like me who loves big machinery and organization and lumber. And it's like if I was obsessed with office supplies, but those office supplies are hammers and drills and backhoes. I really love construction sites. I guess I never really outgrew the my love of big machines. Well, the person I'm talking to today... He kind of has a little bit of that going on, but he approaches it from a much more intellectual direction, and that is Rob Chaffee. He's the Executive Director for Integrated Packaging for Tracti. Rob, how are you today? Hey, Sean. I'm doing good. Now, I know you love big machines and trucks and stuff as much as I do, but that's probably not the reason you got into this industry, right? That's correct. I want to talk about something very cool that you do and get to deal with on a daily basis, and that is an e-house. I know you've probably had to explain this 12 times today already. Here's lucky number 13. Please tell me what an e-house actually is. Yeah, absolutely. So an e-house is a factory-manufactured solution for enclosing high-valued electrical or mechanical equipment. So that's a real fancy way of saying we we build a, a metal building in our factory, and in that building would be electrical equipment like switchgear, protective relay systems, potentially mechanical pumps, variable frequency drives, all built within our factory and shipped to the site pre-assembled. Now, why not just build it on site? Yeah, great question. And that hits right to the crux of why we're in business and why tracty has been in business for over 100 years. So there's lots of reasons why. Number one, um, uh, let's go back a little bit and explain why an e-house. So an e-house puts the equipment under roof, right? So it protects the equipment from the weather. Um, You could do that by buying NEMA 3R equipment from the manufacturer. Yet when you do that, you get limited options. So an e-house provides practically unlimited options under that roof. It also protects personnel from the weather. So if you have technicians going out to work on the relays or the switchgear, they can go up inside of an e-house and gain protection from weather and the elements. I'm assuming there's a reason it's called an e-house and not an e-shed. So e-house is, um, uh, E typically stands for electrical. So it's an electrical house. So it's, it's housing electrical equipment. Interestingly enough, there's probably over a hundred three-letter acronyms that describe what an e-house is. So depending on the person you talk to, they may call it a PDC or an IPA, and each one has different meanings to different people, but they all boil down to an e-house. I think I'm familiar with one of those acronyms, IPA, but I think I'm using it in a different context. (laughs) Probably, yes. So it seems like since you're prefabricating this electrical enclosure, that that gives you an awful lot of freedom to customize it and only include the things that that site needs, which I bet helps keep costs down. Yeah, exactly. So each, each is an engineered solution for just what the customer's looking for. I used to make the statement that we never build the same thing twice. And then we had a customer order four identical buildings and that ruined that story forever. So I now say we rarely make the same thing twice. This is not a temporary solution. This is actually an integrated part of the construction process. That's correct, Sean. So um, typical when a customer asks us what the design life is for the building, it's typically 30 or 40 years. Um, And it's funny you say integrated 
Uh, the I, when I mentioned IPA before, the I stands for integrated. Oh, that's not the way I was using that, but it makes sense. Now, let's talk about, I know the internals, it's, I want to, I want to call it plug and play. I know that's probably a crude way to describe it, but it, it's like putting puzzle pieces together. You, you need this system and then you want to put in this juncture and this box. And so you're able to really construct the thing from scratch once you've installed it and have it up and running and functioning on site. I want to talk about the externals. So you've built this amazing electrical enclosure and it's on site do you have any exterior design guidelines that you have to follow yeah great question so um our standard exterior is a is a metal skin on the outside so very durable very long lasting but oftentimes we put these buildings into an environment that has architectural review committees so for example uh, we've put um, our electrical enclosures on top of hospitals in uh, tight metropolitan areas and so they have to blend in and match the aesthetics of the existing building. Um, we did some projects down in the lower end of uh, Brooklyn, New York, uh, next to some brownstone high-rise apartment buildings, and we had to put a brick exterior on the building. So there's a, there's a myriad of options to help these buildings blend into the environment they're going to, but something over probably 80% of them go out with the metal skin on them, and that's the way they, they stay for 30 or 40 years. You had to build a brick facade around an enclosure. Is that one of the weirdest site stories that you have? Um, it might surprise you if I said, no, it's not the weirdest site story, but uh, it is It is a really cool project. It was a result of uh, Superstorm Sandy that uh, wiped out some, some switchgear uh, that was in existence in Brooklyn, and we had the contract to go in and replace them. Um, had to elevate them up off the ground by the 100-year floodplain and then uh, make them match the uh, architectural profile of the existing building. So we, we put that brick facade on in our factory and ship the buildings over the road with that facade in place. Now you mentioned contractors and, and contractors by design, you want them to execute on a capital project on time uh, and on budget. And that becomes more and more difficult based on f- so many fluctuations and parameters that go into the process. Are budgets becoming more of a suggestion than an actual firm direction? I know that's a ridiculous question, but it, it seems like budgets are something that you probably have to deal with nonstop. Yeah, you're starting to boil down to really what we do on a daily basis. Uh, two things. One, um, there, there is a budget established for the project. Oftentimes, we're engaged early in that process to help establish what the budget would be for the, the execution of the job. Um, but then we have to manage the project to that budget throughout the life cycle of the project. One of the key things that uh, doing an e-house uh, brings overall is it does help manage that budget. You don't have to worry about the weather uh, dragging on schedules uh, because we built this inside of a factory. Uh, we can control the schedule much, uh, much more effectively than a site-built building. Additionally, all of our construction trades are within our manufacturing facility, where if you were to build this as a site-built solution, you would have to bring upwards of uh, eight to 10 different contractors to the site, all on their schedule, trying to combine into your schedule. So an e-house helps compress the overall project schedule. And you mentioned plug and play earlier. So our building does show up at the site in a plug and play environment. All of the interconnection between all the equipment in the building is all factory performed. It's also factory tested and then uh, proven as a solution. So when it shows up at the site, you make your field connections and basically it is plug and play. Now that obviously contributes to an extremely crisp cost efficiency. 
but time management becomes the ultimate contestant, right? That's the thing you're really fighting against most times. And and everything boils down to time, whether it's weather or traffic. Time is the ultimate hurdle. And having this thing prepared and ready to go when it gets on site, can you even put a, can you put a dollar amount on how much time you can save by doing that? Uh, I guess we can because we've, we've um, you know, we've, we've built a lot of these buildings over the years and uh, in talking to our clients, they, they certainly um, get anxious if we're, if we're potentially going to be late with a building. So uh, I think they quickly can put a cost on uh, the, the delivery uh, uh, execution. Now, you mentioned using these in metropolitan environments. Do you approach this differently or have you tightened the process so much that the environment you're installing this in really doesn't affect the way you approach the solution? So generally speaking, each market um, has a different set of guidelines. So if we're working within a water or wastewater environment, there's certain um, codes, standards, and, and expectations that we know. If we're working in a transportation environment, we know what those are. Uh, if we're working in a power generation facility, we, we know what's expected of us there. When we get into a metropolitan environment, it's become uh, pretty much scripted now uh, where we, we understand that there's going to be an architectural review committee. There's going to be a long process to get approval. There's going to be a, a city electrical planner and approver that has to look at the project. So it, it has become part of our, our playbook, if you will. Uh, but it is, um, it is a complex process. And Tracti is very prepared to uh, execute on that from start to finish. Do you get smiles and nods and winks from site foremen when they see you guys show up and start putting this in because they know that's one less thing they have to worry about? For, for the most part, the trades on site appreciate what we bring to the table. Um, last year, we did a project in Manhattan. Uh, we had to shut off the street from midnight till 6 in the morning. Uh, we had to lift three pieces of a building eight stories up onto a hospital in Manhattan. Um, every trade that was there worked very well together. It was very well orchestrated. Uh, at the end, everybody was high-fiving each other because the project just went so well. Uh, Tracti absorbs the scope that we're good at, which is building the building and making sure that it gets installed properly. And that's not oftentimes the, the site trades um, expertise or a scope that they want to absorb. What would surprise people the most about what you do? Well, I think for, for most folks, when you say um, you're in the e-house industry, that's the biggest surprise because they don't know there is such a thing as an e-house industry. It's such a small cottage industry that unless you, you work with sheltered equipment, you're not aware of it. Um, but I think the, the, the thing that surprises people the most is when we tell them, we just built a building in our factory that's 16 feet wide and 80 feet long and weighs 150,000 pounds, and we just shipped it over the road. That, that shocks people that are not in this industry. That is kind of surprising. Can you what are, tell me those dimensions again? Uh, so I, I grabbed one of the largest ones that we've shipped, uh, so 16 feet wide, 80 feet long. Uh, and around 150,000 pounds. That's absurd. <laughs> when you see these go down the road, obviously they're all wide load permits. They have um, super large trucks. They have truck escorts in the front and the rear. They typically have police escorts with them, sometimes bucket trucks to raise wires uh, as we can travel down certain roads. And nobody has any idea what they are. Typically you drive by and you go, what is that wide load? Yeah, it doesn't look like somebody took their house and cut it in two. And it's not a wind turbine rotor. What is that thing? Have you thought about, I don't know, renting out advertising space on the side of those as you're driving down the highway? I mean, just an extra revenue stream? That's an interesting idea. Oftentimes, Tracti is working under a contract. 
from someone else. So oftentimes we don't even put our name on the building as it goes down the road because we're we're a behind the scenes partner in the overall solution. Just always trying to help you make an extra few pennies there, Rob. Hey, do me a favor. We talked about building a brick facade just recently for one of the e-houses that you installed. Is that the weirdest um, cover that you've had to place on one or is putting a cover around those and putting it on the roof of some building just normal for you now? Uh, so I think it's become commonplace. It's it's certainly the, the minority of the buildings that we ship every year, uh, but we have several different um, aesthetic packages. So we can do brick, we can do stucco, we can do a split face block. Uh, we can do different various different colors on our, our metal skin on the outside of the building. Uh, so brick, stucco, and split face block are right now the most obscure of, uh, of patterns that we'll put on the outside of the building. Is there one project in particular that you're especially proud of, either because it was incredibly complex and you guys managed it cleanly, or you made a discovery during the installation that turned out to be a, a big windfall? Yeah, so Sean, these, these projects all become seem to be my children. Um, they all have a project number. Yet I can remember the project numbers for the last 10 years, and each one has a story. Each one has a has a satisfied client on the other end of it. We've done projects for the new Tappan Zee Bridge in, in New York. Our buildings had the, the high-voltage switchgear, 13,000-volt switchgear, that powered the lane-changing systems and, more importantly, powered the revenue system, so the toll booths. Uh, so it was, it was extremely important for that bridge, even if they lost power to the lighting, they didn't want to lose power to the toll booth, um, so we understand what drives uh, what drives revenue across that bridge. But it's all about priorities, my friend. Absolutely, that was a very interesting project. Uh, we've done some projects in the healthcare industry, uh, so their critical time, uh, critical attention, those have been uh, extremely rewarding. Uh, we do a lot of projects in the data center market, um, so those those run at their own pace. Very challenging, um, multiple players involved, so uh, always a challenge to make sure everyone walks away satisfied. We talk about being cost efficient and uh, excellent time management. Let's focus on the cost efficiency for a second. Are there any specific financial benefits that you and I haven't talked about yet? Yeah, Sean, um, depending on how the customer is um, putting this uh, project on their uh, financial books, um, there could be certain tax benefits. There could also be certain insurance benefits for them for securing hazards like switchgear away from uh, personnel that have to have a certain key or password to get into it. We certainly recommend that all of our customers consult their insurance specialist or their um, uh, tax accountant to get more information about depreciation or capitalization of the project. My guest on the podcast today is the Executive Director for Integrated Packaging for Tracti, Rob Chaffee. Rob, thank you so much for taking the time today and making me a little bit smarter. Everybody around me would like to extend a personal thanks to you for that. Yeah, Sean, I appreciate your time. Thanks a lot.